sovereignty of the Lord, I was not able to preach uh, on this passage as we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount. I had to be out of town the Sunday we had it scheduled, and uh, Stanley did a great job stepping in for me. Um, And so um, we get to look at it tonight, which is very applicable as we talk about fasting. Uh, Before we do that, uh, we, we start out each sermon time just kind of talking about uh, who we are, and re- lately we've been talking just a lot about the, the launch coming up, Easter Sunday, that uh, redemption is coming, and, and we're really excited about uh, what God is doing, and that we're going to get to launch out as Redemption Church on Easter Sunday, uh, which, which we, we know is 46 days from now. And the reason we know that is because it's Lent, and Lent is 46 days, uh, and we could also count that. But uh, I, always, I always count it wrong, and so I know that it's 46 days right now because uh, we're looking at... Uh, the Lent season. And so we'll talk more about what Lent is in a minute, but I want to talk to you a little bit about what, what we've got going ahead of us. We, we exist, as Redemption Church, we exist to redeem the church and the community with the gospel by making disciples. Um, we live this out each day by making much of Jesus as we love God, love his church, and love people. Uh, this, is, this is a big part uh, of what we do and how we're doing it. Do we not have on the screens back there the uh, series thing? All right. Um, So we exist to redeem the church and the community with the gospel by making disciples. We live this out each day by making much of Jesus. We love God, love his church, and love people. Uh, This is a big deal. This is is who we are. This This is where we're going. This is what we have ahead of us moving forward, and we're excited to talk about that. This is why we're gathering tonight uh, to pray. So uh, up on the screen, we'll put the values uh, of Redemption Church is to love God, love His church, and love people. But to expound on that a little bit is to love God with a high view of Him by and through His Word. And so the ways that we love God is by, by recognizing how big and how amazing God is. That, that God is truly greater than anything else that we are seeking in our lives. And, and we want to have that high view of who God is, but also uh, we want to have a high view of his word and recognize that, that this, this that he's given us, this gift of his word is, is one of the most precious gifts he's given us to help understand him, to know him. It's how he's revealed himself to us. It's how uh, we understand who he's called us to be when we look at this. Uh, we love his church, his capital C church, not just this church, not just Redemption Church, but we love His church, God's church, uh, with passion, and as it often requires, with patience. Um, we, we, we are passionate about God's church. We believe that it's God's local church that God has put together as the organization to bring about reconciliation and redemption into the world. That we love people, but we love them with truth and with mercy and through action and sacrifice, not just in our words, but in our deeds that we love Him. There's a phrase here I want you to see. It, it may be too small for you to really read it well on the screen, but I'll read it to you. There are people out there, I'm talking about who this church is for. There are people out there who are hungry for truth and knowledge, for action and opportunity, for meaningful relationships and meaningful worship. These are people who not only want to hear about God, but want to experience Him <coughs> and be changed by him and through him. They are people who want to be galvanized in their faith by his grace and mercy. They want to see 
grace manifests itself in spiritual growth into the living of the, in the flow of God's divine plan and into the passionate and willing sacrifice of their God, their families, their church, their community, and their world. Some of them simply don't know it yet. A simpler way to say it is we are a church for the broken people of our community. Those, those whose brokenness is apparent and those whose brokenness is hidden. One of the things we talk about here a lot is being openly broken. We have to recognize the fact every single one of us is deeply broken and in deep need of redemption in our lives. Not a single one of us has any less need of God's grace and redemption than the rest of us. Every one of us is deep. We, we don't get to stand above each other. And, and really, the church will be the family best when we recognize that. When we try not to hold ourselves above others, but we all recognize how broken we are and how much we need. So we are a church for those whose brokenness is apparent, who are openly broken. But for those of us who aren't open with our brokenness, we're a church for you too. Because we want you to see your brokenness. Because when we see our brokenness, we get to see God's grace operate in our lives. Ephesians 1.7, one of the best verses in the idea of redemption. In Him, in Jesus, we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. The thing that drives us here is everyone can be redeemed. It doesn't matter what, what junk you bring into the process. Through Jesus, we can be redeemed. Through Jesus, we can be redeemed, and God can use us to redeem others. So this is the new logo. It's a Celtic Trinity symbol uh, because our faith is an old faith. Our faith is, is a traditional faith. Our faith has deep, deep roots and heritage. It's ancient, but it's not cold. We, we have a passion about what we're doing here. And we believe deeply that God is going to use this church to redeem churches, to redeem this community. But it's going to require us to have a passion about it. But also, every time you see fire in the Bible, it's the presence of God. It's the truth of God when we see that happen, when that shows up. So uh, another couple of looks at it, uh, just some different color schemes. I just wanted you to see this uh, of Redemption Church. It's an old faith, but it's not a cold faith. Um, we also keep going. You'll see we have different color schemes for each of our ministries. We don't have a Spanish ministry yet, but we're just praying that God's going to provide it. And so we went ahead and got a, a Spanish with it as well, with the different colors, just so you can start to see what some of that is about. But I didn't want the main reason we came tonight to see the logo. I want us to think about the fact that Redemption Church is coming. We're excited about Redemption Church. But in that, we've got to pray. A cool logo or other things isn't going to do it. Great worship music isn't going to do it. It's going to be an act of the Holy Spirit. It is not cool churches or great strategies that bring redemption. It is through Jesus Christ that redemption comes. And so we want to take this time to pray and to ask God to move in our midst. And so if you would, stand with me in the reading of God's word as we read our main passage for tonight. 
Matthew six sixteen through 18 in the Sermon on the Mount as we've been going through on Sunday mornings. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. You may be seated. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, as we look to your word, my prayer, my prayer is that we hear from you, that we would be open about our brokenness and our need for you, or that we would take this season of prayer and fasting, Lord, that it would be healing for us. Lord, speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Donald Whitney, in uh, his book on spiritual disciplines, lists the spiritual purposes of fasting. And so we're not going to read all these scriptures. I just wanted to give you this list. I can send it to you later if you want, uh, so you can have the whole thing. Strengthening prayer uh, in Ezra 8.23, Joel 2.13, Acts 13.3. Seeking God's guidance. Judges 20, 26, Acts 14, 23, expressing grief, 1 Samuel 31, 13, 2 Samuel 1, 11 through 12, seeking deliverance or protection, <coughs> 2 Chronicles 20, 3 through 4, Ezra 8, 21 through 23, expressing repentance and returning to God, 1 Samuel 7, 6, Jonah 3, 5 through 8, humbling oneself before God, 1 Kings 21, 27 through 29, Psalm 35, 13, expressing concern for the work of God, Nehemiah 1, 3 through 4, Daniel 9, 3, ministering to the needs of others, as was read to us, Isaiah 58, 3 through 7, overcoming temptation and dedicating yourself to God, Matthew 4, 1 through 11, and expressing love and worship to God. There's all sorts of reasons that we fast, but one of the things we see in this passage we looked at is it starts out, Jesus says, whenever you fast. He doesn't say if you fast. He says whenever you fast. Now, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, Jesus freed us from fasting because he says, why would they fast when the bridegroom is here? Uh, in Matthew 9, and it's true that there's freedom. We have freedom in all things uh, in Christ. All things are permissible, not all things are beneficial, is what the Bible tells us. Um, but also, I'll tell you that... Uh, I think fasting is something that God has called us to. Um, I, I, think, I think it's something we should do. So I want to talk to you about where fasting comes from, where Lent comes from. Lent uh, means uh, the beginning of spring, or as the days lengthen is really where it starts to come from. As spring starts, as the days lengthen, uh, and it's 46 days leading up to uh, Easter. Why 46 days? Well, because you don't fast on Sunday. Because on Sunday, every single Sunday in the Christian church, we celebrate the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Every Sunday is a resurrection Sunday. And th- I think that's how we apply what Jesus says in Matthew 9 when he says, why would they fast when the bridegroom is here? On Sunday, we set aside time to celebrate what God is doing. We take time to celebrate 
uh, that this is happening. And so um, we see that in Matthew nine fourteen. And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. Um, Jesus chooses in the Sermon on the Mount three religious practices to talk about. So he talks about uh, giving, he talks about fasting, and he talks about prayer. And in those three things, he addresses for us uh, the, the three, some of the three mainstays of what it means to live out faith. And he's going to talk to us about how, how those things look in our lives. And, and he's going to compare us constantly to the hypocrites and the way that hypocrites do things. And the big call for us here in the Sermon on the Mount is, is to not to be hypocrites, but to have a single focus of a single reward, a single eye, a single heart that we're paying attention to God, that we're pursuing God in our lives. And so I don't think he says, if you fast, because he doesn't, he doesn't want it necessarily to be optional. It should be voluntary, but it should be something we do in pursuit of God. I want to show you uh, a couple of examples that we have in, in the book of Acts. Um, I want to show you Acts 13.2. I think these apply to us. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Hibernia is sending us off. We are part of Hibernia Baptist Church, and, and, and here come Easter Sunday, we will be on our own as a redemption church. And I think it's, it's wise to fast in this time. I see a similar idea in Acts 14, 23. And, and when they had appointed elders for them in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord whom they believed. Again, at the beginning of a new work, the beginning of a new idea, the beginning of a new something, a work of God, it's, it's great for us to take time to, to fast, to pray, to, to give up a little bit, uh, to give up some things that are going on with us so that we can focus on the Lord. David Mathis says, uh, fasting is an exceptional measure designed to channel and express our desire for God and our holy discontent in a fallen world. It is for those, for those not satisfied with the status quo, for those who want more of God's grace, for those who feel truly desperate for God. So what... Where does Lent come into this? Lent is the 40 days, 46 days leading up to Easter, where we take time to prepare our hearts for Easter. We celebrate the resurrection every Easter, I mean every Sunday, but on Easter in particular, it's a time where we focus on the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Savior. And we've got to catch that it's, it's through that that redemption comes. This is literally the single greatest event that's ever happened in the history of the world. That our God loves us. you got to catch this. Our God loves us with this unbelievable kind of love. I was teaching a seminar the other night at Jacksonville Seminary on comparing Christianity and Islam. And one of the things we talked about in that seminar is that Islam offers no hope. That there is no final hope for atonement. That, that this is... This is the only religious system, the only process where God brings himself into our brokenness and takes on 
our brokenness. And then he defeats death. Because he's not just a martyr. I mean, he, he defeats death and raises from the dead. You've got to catch, that's a big deal. That's a big deal that God defeated death and rose from the dead so that we could have a relationship with him. And so we do Lent to focus on him. It ought to be one of the greatest celebrations of our lives. Before you have a wedding, usually you, people get in, try to get in shape. They, they spend a lot of time preparing and getting ready for that wedding day. Easter Sunday is a greater celebration than any other celebration there is. And we've got to be careful not to treat it tritely. And I think Lent provides us that opportunity to, to sacrifice some things uh, that we wouldn't normally. But we've got to do it for the right reward. The reward of fasting, Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day your daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. <clears throat> this is part of the Lord's Prayer that comes right before fasting. And I, I'm convinced fasting and prayer fit together. They're always combined almost when we see them in Scripture. Uh, there are three longings of the Lord's Prayer that we see there in the passage we just read. That God's name be hallowed. That God's name be considered holy. That God's kingdom come here. That God's will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Our, our, our goal, our reward for fasting needs to be a spiritual reward. I want to distinguish between... The world loves to talk about fasting in some health ways, right? There's, there's healthy fasts. There's ways to do fast to get healthier, to fast from things uh, that, that you're trying to get healthier. I, I would argue, don't use this Lent season as an excuse to get healthy. Don't, don't try to double up your, your system here. Don't try to work the system and, and make your fasting something you need to get rid of anyway, Right? Don't make your fasting, I'm going to quit smoking, or I'm going to quit something that you feel like, I need to get this out of my life anyway. Fasting needs to be about things that are important to you, and we're just showing in ourselves that God is more important to us. John Piper says, we fast out of a longing for God's name to be known and cherished and honored, and longing for His rule to be extended and then consummated in history, and longing for His will to hold sway everywhere with the same devotion and energy that the inexhaustible angels show sleeplessly in heaven forever and ever. It ought to be about those things. Martin Lloyd-Jones says, fasting should really be made to include abstinence from anything which is legitimate in and of itself, for the sake of some special spiritual purpose. So in other words, Martin Lloyd-Jones is arguing the same thing I'm arguing. It doesn't need to be things you need to be giving up anyway. It needs to be things that are legitimate in and of their own selves. These are good things. These are not bad things. Primarily, obviously, in the Bible, we see that fasting is about food. We, we see this as a giving up of food. But I, I don't think it has to be relegated only to giving up of food. I think for us, we have so many things in our lives that 
that aren't necessarily bad things that we find our pleasure in, we find our purpose in, we, we find our joy in when, when we're tired, when, when we're struggling, or, or, and they're not bad things, but we, we've turned to those things rather than turning to God. And, and fasting is, a, is an opportunity, it's an intentional season to take those things that aren't necessarily bad in our lives and say, I'm going to even sacrifice this and find my sustenance in the Lord. There is to be almost an element of suffering in fasting. And it's to remind you, and listen, it's not, if, if you're going to skip lunch on Wednesdays, if that's going to be your fast, then don't skip lunch and work through the lunch hour. Right? It, you never try to double up on your rewards. I think this is the, the, the caution that Jesus gives us here, right? That when they seek their reward in men, they get the reward they were seeking. Do you know sometimes God's wrath for you is letting you have exactly what you're chasing? Sometimes God's wrath is letting you have exactly what you're pursuing. And it's His wrath to just let you have it. In a comical but similar way, my dad's the kind of dad that if he saw me heading towards the electrical outlet with a fork in my hand, he told my mom, let him do it. He'll probably only do it once. Right? That was my dad's wrath. Instead of just telling me not to do it, he just said, that's what he wants to do so bad, let's let him try it. And he'll see, right? Sometimes God does that for us. And we miss out. And he's telling us here, not just in fasting, but he tells us in giving, he tells us in prayer, if we seek our reward in anything other than him, he'll let us have the reward we seek. And so I would caution you, as you're praying about how you're going to fast, don't, don't, don't try to work the system. Don't make it your weight loss plan. Don't make it your quit your bad habit plan. Let it be with one sole purpose. For you to draw closer to God. To get more of Him. To make much of Him in your life. Um, when you look at the guide, it's going to give you some suggestions. It's going gonna, it's gonna to suggest that in week one... Uh, that you fast from food, not not entirely, but a, a partial fast from food, that you pick some times in, in, in week one that you fast from food. <clears throat> week two, the suggestion is television and movies, when that's supposed to be a, a complete fast. Week one and week seven are the only ones that aren't complete fast for the whole week. Uh, week two, television and movies. Week three, social networking and internet. Week four, caffeine and sweets. Week five, radio and music. Week six, shopping for non-essentials. And week seven, sleep. They're not saying, don't sleep the whole week. They're saying, wake up a little earlier, stay up a little later at night, spend that time in prayer. Now, here's what I want to tell you. You don't have to go based off of that part of this guide. The best part of this guide is the scriptures, the readings, uh, the, the meditation. You may choose one fast for the entire Lent season, all the way up to Easter Sunday. And it may be, you may say, every single uh, Wednesday and Thursday, I'm going to skip lunch. Or you may say, I'm going to do without television for the entire month. Or you may say something like that. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit lead you on that. If you don't know what to do, this is a great guide for you. Some great suggestions. The key here is to have aspects of your life that you sacrifice for the sole purpose of pursuing God more in your life. To have more of Him in your life. And listen, here's what I'm asking. As a church, 
I'm asking you to turn that energy in this season of fasting towards praying for this church. We've talked a lot about this is a church revitalization effort. We were talking with some friends earlier today. 2% of church revitalizations work. 98% of church revitalizations fail. We're not fully revitalized yet. The odds are stacked against us here. What we're trying to do is incredibly difficult. Which makes it exciting for me. Because, because if it's incredibly difficult, then only God can pull it off. Amen. I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I don't have a great enough plan. This logo's not that cool. <laughs> we can't. We cannot revitalize this church in our own strength. It'll have to be a work of God. So I'm asking you to please, over the next 46 days... Turn your hearts towards God and plead with Him for Him to move in this church, not just on Easter Sunday, but Easter Sunday moving forward. That we see God do mighty things through Redemption Church. I think if we'll turn our hearts towards God, if we'll make sacrifices in our lives, we'll pursue Him, pursue more of Him in our lives, we will see God do a mighty work. So what I want to do is I want to take some time to pray together now. So what I want you to do is get into groups of three to five. Uh, not a hard law. If you need to do more than that, uh, do that. If you can, grab one of these kids and, and put them in your group. Kids, jump in a group and let's, let's listen. Let's pray together. What I want you to do is I want you to pray tonight. Uh, tonight, we're not, we're not listing other prayer requests. We're not. Tonight, I want us to get together and I want us to pray together together.